The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. This episode is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Get headphones, earbuds, and accessories from TweakedAudio.com. Just enter the discount code CAFCOMICS, that's all one word at the checkout. You'll get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping, and a limited lifetime warranty on everything you buy. That's TweakedAudio.com. And now... It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Thank you, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. We did the SMG Podcast Marathon yesterday. It was the fifth annual event in Elgin at the Blue Box Cafe. It was our third time doing it, and it was, as always, a lot of fun. Thanks to Rob Southgate for setting that up once again. Uh, here's the interesting thing. We usually do a half an hour segment in the marathon, and we record that and put that out as an episode the next day. That's what we did. Uh, Elliot Serrano was on the podcast before us. He's a good friend of ours. We kept him up to talk about things like George Lucas. And then Art Balthazar, who uh, part of the legendary team Art and Franco, uh, owns All Yeah Comics and does things like Itty Bitty Hellboy, had the podcast after us. A famous cartoonist says things with Art Balthazar. So as we started talking, Art starts talking in the cafe. We start talking back and forth to him. Then he just kind of wanders up and does his podcast, and none of us leave. So what you're going to hear is about a 90-minute podcast uh, that we recorded in the room, both Caffeinated Comics and a famous cartoonist says things with Art Balthazar that we were all together on. It was really exciting. We've been wanting Art on the show for a long time. Uh, what you're going to hear is the recording in the room, so there'll be a little bit of echo, and uh, some of the levels aren't completely uh, compatible with each other, but uh, we've used everything in the studio to bring it all to life and make sure it's clear. Um, and it, it wasn't worth cutting out anything because it was so much fun. So let's get to it. Um, we usually cover the news, but right now uh, all the news is that the country's on fire. Um, but possibly in a good way, like like a blue healing flame. <laughs> it's like a so. We, so we tend to we tend to try to find something geek. So what I love is in the middle of this week, George Lucas decided he would own the news conversation because he's George Lucas. And he came out and said that he really doesn't like the Disney movies and he doesn't like the direction they've gone. And I have four billion reasons why that doesn't matter. (laughs) Steven, would you agree with that assessment? Because the way I look at it, I don't think so much George Lucas said it as, was it Alan Horn? Who was the one who wrote the book? Uh, The former... yeah, I think it is Alan Horn. Yeah, Alan Horn it was a Disney executive. Talked yeah. about it in his book. So it's, yeah. he's, he's doing the thing about the book, and he's saying, well, George told me he's not happy. So it's not like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not that he didn't say it. I'm not saying that he didn't say it, but it wasn't like he picked that particular time I, to come out and say it. I think it. it is hearsay, but I also see, like, George Lucas probably not being happy with it. But uh, John's larger point was that, like, at some point, people are on their own property or somebody else's property too long, and they kind of need to move. And, what? That, and that's the thing. George Lucas not happy with Force Awakens, happy with Phantom Menace. Is that what he's, is that what he's so, claiming? <laughs> he put it out. It's better than Force Awakens. All right. Well, okay. 
No, I, I get what you're saying, and and my. Well, here's the thing. This is, a, this is a hill that I don't want to die. Harrison Ford bad, hot race so. good. That's what he's saying. <laughs> wow, that's a good way of framing like, it. Uh, you know, the red ball. arm bad, puppet through bo good. Ooh, that's close. That one's close. I like puppet through bo a bit, kind of. But anyway, go on. I'm sorry, Steven. No, 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 no one's gonna fight you on that. I, don't <laughs> know. Um, I would say, uh, what what year did uh, Return of the Jedi come out? Eighty-three. Uh, that was the time for George Lucas to leave. I think it may be even a little bit prior. At whatever point they decided, uh, instead of the last big fight between the Empire and the Rebels, should be with a bunch of teddy bears instead of Wookiees, that was the time to call it. Yeah, no, you make a, that's a really good point. And I, I think, too, what I've always said with Lucas is you could see how the Star Wars movies have evolved as he evolves and how he feels about life in general and the stories he wants to tell. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, it was my understanding that he wanted to set up Star Wars like this. First, the classic trilogy was kind of like him telling the story the way he could. The prequels, he wanted complete control over them, right? He wanted complete control, which he had. Yeah. He had Rick McCallum to pretty, pretty much tell him everything's great. It's all great. Rick McCallum just basically kept his calendar together. Correct. Yeah. And then when the last three, uh, the seven, eight, and nine, which Lucas said he didn't want to do anymore, at one point he even said, I want to hand these off to the quote-unquote next generation of filmmakers. They can tell the stories, which is essentially what's happening here, but the next generation now is just J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Because nobody else, they, no, they won't trust anybody else to do it. Well, they, because they trusted Ryan Johnson and now they don't trust him. Well, they're still giving him that. that I think he's getting own. a trilogy. He's right? getting a trilogy. The Game of Thrones yeah. guys are getting yeah. a trilogy. The Always Sunny guys are getting a trilogy. Uh, Everybody gets a trilogy. Getting a trilogy. <laughs> Kevin Feige's doing, uh, oh, doing a, right. a Star Wars movie. Kevin, yeah, Kevin Feige gets a trilogy. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see where Lucas would say, I'm seeing my my child off to school and it's making new friends and it's growing up in a way I didn't expect them to. Um, um, but, you know, I mean, when, uh, to me, when you find out that he wanted the next trilogy to take place in a microscopic universe. Essentially, a trilogy what? featuring midichlorians. Yeah. I think that was basically, it was supposed to be the midichlorian saga in the last three. Really? That's incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember when the last Indiana Jones movie came out that... Uh, right. Are we talking about Crystal Skull? Yeah. Which is really good. Uh, well, it's not. It's a very entertaining film, yeah. and I enjoyed it. And and I like that they made another one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, there were so many, many Indiana Jones toys in the summer of 2008, I and I feel like that alone was worth it. It was it. And then Stephen, you understand? Yeah. That and Art Balthazar is here. Yeah. He was there the night you and I got into that fight at his comic shop about recasting about about Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones and it yeah. spilled out onto the street. Oh yeah. yeah. Remember? That was we'll, we'll try to contain so, our that was a Christmas party where Mike Mignola signed the Rogale, wasn't it? Yeah, we were, that, we were was at a, the, that was a good party. The, yeah. So anyway, so be careful. Yeah, we'll be careful. Uh, <laughs> the thing, there's there's good things in Crystal Skull, but I think all the terrible things can directly be traced back to George Lucas. And apparently, the idea is that the original Indiana Jones trilogy is kind of set at the time the movies uh, are set in, right? They, yep. they pull from the pulp material. And then since the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was going to be set in the 1950s, it was like, okay, the bad guys are Nazis, they're commies, 
and then like giant monster movies were a big deal in the 50s so he wanted like giant ants in this movie and the compromise was those tiny little pretty ants. big ants yeah pretty big <laughs> ants that can make like fist size ants yeah, so it was, it's so weird but you realize there was like was it 19 years between Crystal Skull yes. and uh, and Last Crusade Last Crusade thank you uh, so that means that's at least seven years arguing about the size of the ant. Right. Yeah, long time. Yeah. Like, no. Whether or not we needed ants. Well, did you uh, read the sidetrack? I mean, but you did you read the um, the Jeb Stewart screenplay that was on the internet? I read the Frank, the Frank Darabont screenplay, was Frank which was Darabont. amazing. You know, but here's the thing. Now, if, since you bring up the Frank Darabont uh, screenplay, which I also read. That screenplay contains a scene that most people criticize Crystal Skull for, which is Indy basically doing a Johnny Weissmuller, doing Tarzan through the trees with his whip, which they decided to get rid of and let Shia LaBeouf do it. Which a terrible you know. call either way. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so when I read the Frank Darabont, but then um, in the Jeff well, that, one, well, because Lucas and Spielberg had the, had a lot of the set pieces the set in piece, place, right. and most of those scripts had those and they were right. like well these are the seven set pieces we right. want to do it's like songs in a musical Build right. story and like how do you connect them so so but now it's it's when you consider that lucas did not like the joke in last crusade about you know, she talks in her sleep oh which yeah. which was something that ford and spielberg came up with like on the set yeah. of last crusade and when lucas found out about it later he was he was kind of mad about it so you can see they were going in their direction, doing their thing. Spielberg himself will always kind of like concede to George. It's his, it's his baby. It's his character. I'm doing. I want to work with him. And you know, when people kept getting at Spielberg about you know the aliens and this, that, and the other, he goes, "Look, I'm just trying to make George happy." That's why I'm really curious as to what Indy Five is going to be like because there will be no Lucas involvement in this one. Right. I'm still looking forward to Indy Five. Although I was watching Harrison Ford today. Speak out about climate change, and I was like, "Oh, he's he looks he's, like Moses. He's old he now. Looks like Moses. <laughs> he's just like stop. It's like stop. Listen to scientists. <laughs> just pointing at the world. Yeah, he could got be a good point. He could be like the next Jorel. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. you think about it. He almost looked like Jorel before the Science Council. Yeah. You know, talking, and that's like, oh crap. You know what happens? Next? Yeah, that didn't work out well. No, no. <laughs> they don't have a happy ending on Krypton. No. Ford L. <laughs> So then, so my so my question is: I started thinking about this with George Lucas of other creators. We always go back to the creator's vision. This is not the creator's vision, and uh, fans love to yell about like, "Oh, well, somebody else took over the franchise, and now it's not what it used to be," and and all of that is wrong. But is there a point where you need to pass things on? Because when I was reading about George Lucas, I started to think about George Rodden, uh, Gene Roddenberry. And Gene Roddenberry on Next Generation, uh, that first season of Next Generation is almost unwatchable, and it's all Gene Roddenberry. It's like, it's everything Gene Roddenberry was saying, like, this is where I want to go with Star Trek. And what became Star Trek doesn't happen until he's out the door. So is there a line between, between this was your vision, everybody's vision changes? And now, now it's time to pass it on. Would you rather be Gene Roddenberry or Stan Lee, I guess? Well, you're asking me? Yeah. I'm looking at it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny. Okay, let me – I'll look at it this way. I have – we uh, – being on your show a few times, we've, we have these debates, and I always you, – you're, you're very good at 
bringing this up because it makes me introspective. Introspective? Interest, intro, did I say that right? I think so. I think the general just is well, correct. You, you do know every compliment directed at me will be bounced off and spun into something <laughs> negative. For, no, no. Well, maybe. Uh, but the thing is, because uh, I can look at it both sides, but you, first you have, I mean, why do you have um, public domain, right? Yeah. Public domain laws. So many people, you know, they, you could... The idea is that when you have characters that are created that become a part of the public consciousness, after a while, you kind of have to let them be out there so that everyone else can, you know, work with them. Yeah, things like Dracula, Sherlock Holmes. Nobody owns the rights to them. Right. Everybody can be, which is why there was like a Robert Downey Jr. and a Benedict Cumberbatch, Sherlock Holmes at the same time. Right. Yeah. (laughs) 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 What happened? It was real. Wow. Man. Did the temperature just drop in here? It did. I I still wonder now. I'm like, is Will Ferrell still a movie star? Or is he like a guy that produces stuff now? Well, he's got that Rod Burgundy podcast. That's about... That's pretty good, the Rod Burgundy podcast. Um, But then... um, So, yeah. So, you go, okay. Lucas created... He said he wanted Star Wars to be the new mythology for the generation that he created it. And it is. It is. uh, Maybe second now to Marvel. Because... With the movies taking taking over, I think Marvel is the biggest mythology we have right now. So, what do you do with what do what is mythology created for? To be passed on and let other stories be told, right? Right. You know, and be reinterpreted. Yeah, I don't. It's not like a, there isn't like a clear demarcation line, like when it's time to like pass it on or get off the pro- property you're working with. I mean, uh, who is the Moffat? Stephen Moffat. Everyone was like, "Get this guy out of Doctor Who," and then finally he left. Yeah, there was a there was a real arc with Moffat where people were like, "Where he took over when Matt Smith was on." And there's one playing right now, and I haven't seen it in years. Of like, people loved him, loved him, loved him, loved him, and then it seemed like then they all just started hating him and wishing he was gone. Yeah, and it's like you it's like you don't want to overstay your welcome, and I think it's like you kind of got to read the room, you know, uh, the cultural room. And just see, like, at what point are you on the property too long? You know, George Lucas should have got out of Star Wars a long time ago. Uh, Bendis left Marvel to go to DC. It was five years too late. You know, it was, like, way past his time to get out of there. So uh, it happens in all mediums. Like- yeah, I always think about The X-Files. is one of my favorite shows ever. And uh, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Those last two seasons were too long. And then... And then, then that movie was, cast. then the second movie was too long, and then there was the next two seasons, and there were a couple of episodes where it was like, oh, I'm so glad this is back, and then episodes that the creator wrote and directed, you were just like, I don't know what you're doing. It's like, I always call that the, the Prince Batman uh, directive, is every time I listen to Prince's Batman soundtrack, I like it, but I always think, man, Prince, you really like Batman. For no reason why I like Batman. <laughs> There's but, no overlap. I will say this. I like uh, Batman because he potties. <laughs> <laughs> he potties. Uh, but it, uh, wait, he said party, not potty. It he was, does both. It was Prince. It, was <laughs> it, it could be both. Because, um, uh, yeah. The I, toilet I, was the shape of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> the symbol that, oh man, there are children in the room. I <laughs> Well, okay, so you've, you've sidetracked me. But, uh, but um, the thing with, again, going back to the, the George Lucas should, should read the room and leave, blah, blah, blah. aren't we like that, though, about a lot of things, you know, because 
let me use a sports analogy. I know I'm in a. I've now checked stuff. out. Yeah, nerd stuff. But <laughs> this is the thing about. Okay, how about this? Everyone in Chicago should get this. Mike Ditka was a coach of the Chicago Bears when they last won the Super Bowl. And Mike Ditka is like a he's like a, a, a legend in the city of Chicago. Yeah. And yet people forget that. The city of Chicago and that team ran him out of town. When the Bears weren't winning like everyone wanted them to, they're like, oh, this team, this team is terrible. Mike Dicka, you need you're in the past. You need to get out. You know, and they, they pretty much let him go. They fired him. But no one remembers that. They only want to remember the wonderful parts about Mike Ditka, right? So now imagine years from now after George Lucas, you know, and it's not gonna happen for a while. I don't I don't wish this on anyone, especially George Lucas. When he has passed on from this mortal coil, and we're thinking about him more as we do, like folks like Walt Disney and Stan Lee, they'll be talking about, oh, when George Lucas made these movies and he was in control, it was the greatest thing. That's when it was what it was. Because they still say they say that about, um, even though a lot of folks will disagree, they say that about Rod- Roddenberry and Star Trek, that Star Trek is what it is because of Roddenberry. Yeah. Why are there so many fights online now about Star Trek? Because, oh, that's not what Gene would have wanted. That's not what Gene would have done. Yeah, but there's also arguments that Gene Roddenberry wasn't even the Gene who created Star Trek. Oh, yeah. That's Gene L. Coon had more to do with yeah. the franchise as a whole. There's a lot of people that consider Gene Roddenberry to be the Bob Kane of television. Yeah, that's a valid point there. You can see that. But he was the face of it. He brought it up. He's the one who got it made. Somehow convinced Lucille Ball. I mean, if you ask me, Lucille Ball is the one. Yeah, I was just reading about that. Lucille yeah. Ball personally. Personally. Because it said Desilu Studios at the end. But apparently Lucille Ball like argued with the rest of Desilu yeah. to green light that. And gave them the money to do that second pilot when the first one didn't work. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I could say that for her. And you give her a lot of credit. But uh, to the point being, again... Our, the way we choose to remember these folks is going to be a lot different than the way we're talking about them now. Well, it's also tricky because uh, it's no, no, nobody creates anything in a vacuum. So everyone points – people want uh, simplistic figures to point to to say this is the guy. George Lucas is the guy that did Star Wars, but that's not true. George Lucas and hundreds of other people created Star Wars. A bunch of hippies. Right, a bunch of like hippies. Doing, the, they were doing stuff in that same, factory, putting yeah. bottle kits together and throwing cherry bombs yeah. each other yeah. in Southern California. Yeah. But it's yeah. the same thing with comics is everyone says, oh, Stanley created the Marvel Universe. It's like, yeah, Stanley and dozens of other people right. co-created all the characters. And then Stanley handed those characters off to other writers and artists to carry them forward. You'll right. have the significant stuff that happened to Spider-Man happens after... Stan Lee's off the book, you know, it, it's like, it, 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 you could go through each character, you know, Bob King gets created, or credited with creating Batman, and it's like, well, Bill Finger did most of the heavy lifting on that, so it's like, and then how many people came later that had a bigger impact than those original creators did? We can't agree, though, that Todd McFarlane is Spawn. Oh, yeah, we can definitely yeah, agree yeah. that, because <laughs> Spawn's like a little cottage industry now, yeah, yeah. that only Todd McFarlane cares about. I, 300 just came out, and the big deal about 300 was that Greg Capullo came back for it. Yeah. So it, the guy that was was working with Todd McFarlane for years and years and years became much bigger leaving Todd McFarlane. Right. And it, that was like a family reunion. But yeah, there was a moment, Todd McFarlane was another one of these people I was thinking about, was that there was a moment where Spawn was the zeitgeist of comics. Like, it was the most important character in comics. When, when he did the Batman crossover and got Frank Miller to write Batman again, 
It was it was gigantic, and he just. But for, Todd McFarlane has stayed and stayed and stayed and stayed. You know where other guys like Jim Lee has kind of put Wildcats away to move on to do to work more directly with DC. McFarlane is Spawn, and McFarlane keeps talking about this movie that he wants to make. Where sometimes Spawn is not in the movie, and sometimes it Spawn is in the movie, and sometimes it's a horror movie. Um, would it? Have, but who knows? If he had been Stanley after say ten years or so, maybe if he had passed it on, who knows if we would be talking about Spawn the way we're talking about Batman? It's funny because it seems I don't know where that next big breakout character that's going to cement itself in our pop culture is really going to be come from. Well, nobody does. Yeah. yeah, right. But because right now the only way to do that is you have to have the billion dollar bankroll of a Disney or Warner Brothers or whoever just to get them no, get them noticed. Right. And even with that, you don't you you're not guaranteed anything. Um, and and then you know all there you have all these. Are, you know, independent studios, independent creators are doing really good work, but it's just not catching like that. Yeah, well, you look at the '90s. I think the the main character come out of that entire decade, and there were hundreds of characters and hundreds of companies that came out. But the, if you have to point to one character that really stuck, it's Deadpool, who showed up as a semi recurring character at the end of a series that then appeared three or four times. But even to the point of Deadpool. Uh, that the original Deadpool character, that is not the character that we currently have. We have a totally different character right. as Deadpool. Right. It's, it's Rob Liefeld created one character, and then Fabian... Like Joe Kelly and Ed McGinnis did a lot to shape that character. A, lot, a very different take on that character. So, I mean, that's an example of a character that comes out, makes a big splash, and then is now transforming into a completely different character over the last, you know, 15 years. Yeah, and maybe you, you need that. You need somebody else to come in with a different perspective to create a broader character. We always talk about how you can't break Batman because no matter what you do with him, it tends to work. He can be in space fighting lizards. He can be doing procedural DNA tests in an alley. You know, uh, he, he can be, he can fly. He can go underwater. You know that only works because he did all that in Super Friends. Yeah, he can be in Super <laughs> yeah, Friends right. and it works. Uh, but that's because that's a character that somehow took the weight of many different interpretations right. over the years. Yeah. But so everybody, I always say that every writer has like five things they do really well. And if you stay with them long enough, you'll see them do them over and over and over again. For something to really work, I think it needs to do more than five things. Like you can do, I could do my run and then you could do your run, which is different. But then that character has more facets to them. Yeah, uh, I think Batman in particular is probably maybe one of the easier characters to write because it's so flexible. Adam West works as Batman, but put that character next to Batman from Frank Miller's Dark Knight, it's the same character, but it couldn't be more different. But it's the flexibility to kind of exist in both worlds. I can't, you bring up the Adam West Batman, and it's like a little bit off the beaten track here, but I Google Adam West, uh, Google Batman versus Jerry Lawler, and you're going to find an old YouTube, uh, on YouTube, an old clip of when Adam West appeared on Mid-South Wrestling as Batman, okay, ready to take on the Super King, Jerry Lawler, in a Superman outfit, and which was ridiculous in of itself, but is Adam West basically doing the Adam West, his take on Batman, in professional wrestling. In professional wrestling, yeah. he refer he references not to Superman but his friend Spidey. 
Oh, wow. So, Warner Brothers was really loose with those guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In, the so, in the Adam West Batman universe, Spider-Man also exists. I just blew your mind. Yeah. I just blew your mind. That's canon. Yeah, that's canon, exactly. <laughs> like the Star Wars Holiday Special. Which George Lucas had nothing to do with. So if we're not blaming him for a lot of stuff. We're not blaming him for that. He's still mad about. He's still mad about that. I don't blame him. Although I, I, I'm one of those few people who like the Star Wars Holiday Special. What do you like about the Star Wars Holiday Special? Is it hard? Is it Harvey Corman with four arms doing a cooking segment? Is that what you like? Come on, that was awesome. Is it B. Arthur singing It's a Quarter to Three in a Cantina? Oh, yes! Well, you realize that... Is it Chewbacca's they... grandfather watching a disco hologram? Uh, wait, that was Lumpy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, uh, wait, true story, though. It was Leslie Uggams, wasn't it? I think it was Leslie Uggams. The dancing, the The dancing, yeah. The beginning, yeah, right. There we go. Yeah. The, it was the, definitely someone who had hosted a Muppet show. Now, remember, <laughs> when I was really young, I didn't understand the things I was seeing in those heavy metal magazines. That was the same thing, <laughs> same thing there. But, okay, interesting thing. Okay, so B. Arthur sang in the cantina, Star Wars Holiday Special. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Florida, they had to wipe out a whole bunch of the backlot sets that they had. Do you know where Oga's Cantina is built on? The site of Oga's Cantina is built on on Star Wars Gal- of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in the backlot in Florida. The former, I am not making this up. Golden Girls set. Wow. The Golden Girls Golden set was shot in Florida. Yeah, I think that's. Well, they had a set. No, they had a they had the set for the oh, backlot tour. Of uh, Disney MGM Studios, okay. they had a, the Golden Girl set down there, and where it used to be is where Oga's Cantina is. So essentially, B. Arthur's uh, Oga's Cantina—that's her—that's the cantina from uh, right now. Wouldn't it be great if there was a the B. Arthur Valley statue and they just redressed it. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> and again, George Lucas had nothing to do with that, which I, which makes me sad because it would have been nice. So. <laughs> So, so going back to this or- or- I'm, trying to, I'm trying to keep us on track. If every time I pull us out, I'm, this is my way. Uh, yeah, it's part of the course for us. <laughs> well, then going back to this auteur theory, is there a creator where you go, this person from beginning to end on this franchise was always reliable, always had the voice? It. Is there, is there a franchise that did not get better when it was passed on? Yeah, Fantastic Four. When Jack Kirby leaves Fantastic Four. Not as good. What about John Byrne? Yeah, but that's decades later. I'm saying it's it's probably not... I'm not saying immediately. I'm saying within the life. Within the life of it that it never recovered? Hmm. Hmm. What's that? What's that? The Claremont X-Men run? When Claremont left the book? Yeah, that's when I stopped. That's when you stopped? You should read read X-Men when Claremont started... And then when the X-Men, when Jim Lee showed up? Yeah. Yeah. And Claremont's still on it when Jim Lee yeah, comes up. Yeah, but when Magneto's Asteroid goes up, that's the last book you should read and never read it again. Never read X-Men again. <laughs> I will agree that it was a... Like the Marvel movie, you could be done. Far From Home was good. I wish I didn't put the TV back on. But now I'm stuck watching it. You're trapped. You're trapped. I'm waiting for the heck Art, I love, I love the way you said never watch it again as if you, as if you had eaten bad dairy. <laughs> like, if you see the date past Asteroid M, don't eat the yogurt. <laughs> and that's the reason why you couldn't find it. 
it's kind of like a, like a, I don't know what it's like, maybe like an ex-wife, or it's like a, it's like, you never have to go back to ever again. Like you graduate eighth grade, you don't have to go back to school. You don't have to go to your double grammar school. You graduate high school, you're done. Look, someone said to repeat grades, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's true. None of us are so lucky. Some people become the teacher. You know, for me, I'm of that, like, I think when episode nine, when uh, Rise of Skywalker's out, yeah. that might be me getting off the, I might be get, that might be my stop to get off. Not, uh, not the Obi-Wan series on Disney Plus? I'm not paying for, I'm not paying for another streaming channel. Oh, uh, I signed up for that three years. I know ago. you yeah. would have. Yeah, you're Mr. Streaming Everything. I got kids. They yeah, want, well, they, I'll give you that. They want to want, well, speaking of Disney, I, I have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> A cat did not ask you to sign up for anything. He's, he's like, dude, stop spending money on stuff you're not going to spend time watching anyway. So, <laughs> My Netflix is my one thing. Well, speaking of Disney, I think the, one of the things Disney bought that's never been the same since this creator has passed on has been the Muppets. I feel like they've, yeah. they've relaunched it several times. Some have been good. So, like, the Jason Segel movie was good, but they've never, ever been able to capture that tone. And I was watching the Dark Crystal series on Netflix, which is actually really good. But again, it's like a different tone. You can feel a point in that series where they're just like, look, we're not trying to do the movie anymore. We're taking these characters and we're doing something else with it. And what we're doing is good. But no one's ever been able to get that, that balance that Jim Henson had since he passed out. All of his kids are running things. Like Frank Oz hung around for a while and it just wasn't quite the same. But should we say that it should never be done, I guess, is the question. I would I would come back for something. They were going to do a new series on Disney Plus, and it fell through because it, it creatively wasn't working. Right. They did a show on ABC a few years ago that didn't work. They did a second movie with Tina Fey and Ricky Gervais, and it didn't work. So, yeah, do you? that's a good question. Do you stop trying? There are Every five years, you get a Looney Tunes series, and Looney Tunes hasn't been right since the 50s. Yeah, I think it is something where... Well, that's... Somebody opened a, an attic door on that. <laughs> yeah, take take the mic. Is you guys it, don't know what you just started. Uh, okay. We should have been warned. <laughs> Are you saying Looney Tunes back in action is the greatest achievement of our time? Tiny Tunes, animaniacs. Oh, I'll give you a tiny... I'll give you an yeah. and I will definitely give you Pinky in the Brain, but at that point, it's so far from Looney Tunes... It's not recreating that. You could still see it. I mean, they were still teaching. They were at the university. The original characters were the professors. Yeah, but they stopped using those characters pretty quickly. You don't see Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck not after the fr first few episodes. Oh, so that was like Scrubs season eight. Remember? Oh, don't. <laughs> oh, I didn't get that far in the Scrubs. When Scrubs went to ABC, and and then and then um, and the Zach Braff character was a teacher. Yeah, I couldn't stand that. So was Zach Braff yeah. still playing? He was still playing himself, but he was—he wasn't in it like. Yeah. Oh, he was like, like semi-recurring. Yeah. It was like when David Duchovny there was, got abducted by aliens. Yes. And, and then was, they brought him back, and nobody asked him what the aliens were like. Yeah. <laughs> and and oh, and, and there was no and there was no Turk. 
no Dama face on, wasn't on it, and no uh, janitor dude. He had run. Out, he had gone on to make do a different show. Really? It, it didn't work without him. We're binge watching Cheers now. We're getting to the point where Shelley Long is going to leave, and I'm like, I don't know how long I'm going to stay. <laughs> Tom and Jerry has been right since 1943. <laughs> <laughs> Santa and Barbera. I don't remember what his name was, but crazy guy in the 60s? Yes, we have your mics. I don't remember. What crazy guy in the 60s? Yeah. What, what, who? What? I can't remember who he was, but he was like, it was when everything got really zany and like you were on an acid trip or something. With Tom and Jerry? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Chuck Jones did those. Who did all of the classic Looney Tunes. Ralph Beck, she did the Mighty Mouse. What? I invited them because they were supposed to start now. Oh, yeah, but Art's been talking for 10 minutes. Art was like, yeah, let's just jump on. Come on in. all have a party. Let's just make this one long podcast where people just wander in and wander out. And Elliot never leaves. They won't let me go. He is literally that thing from Saturday Night Live, the thing that wouldn't leave. Yeah. And I was like, what's up with that? What's up with that? Like most of the audience. That's what you call community art. <laughs> now, did you guys have a separate topic, or did you just want to keep this thing going? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I had no idea what I was talking about. All the time, I might just Star Wars and Breaking Bad. Are you thinking about the, the Breaking Bad movie? Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, okay, am I the only one? I mean, don't get me wrong. I remember when Breaking Bad ended, and you see Jesse Pinkman just driving off into the unknown. To me, I remember going, I remember going, well, not kind of, yeah, but I remember going, well, that's actually a really cool way of ending it. Like, you get to make up in your own head how it ends. But now, it's like, oh, no, no, no. We're going we're gonna to tell you what happened to him after. It's like, hey, wait, you're going back on what you set up. I can't wait, man. I, I'm on my 13th viewing of Breaking Bad. Whoa. And I just watched two episodes of season three yesterday. Or I forget now. This is so late. I'm still awake, so I don't really... I'm just surprised. I'm surprised they're making a movie before they finish Better Call Saul. I, I figured they would wrap that series up, then do a movie to keep it in. My prediction is because uh, I think there's going to be three because it said El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, which mm-hmm. means the next one's going to be something else, a Breaking Bad movie, kind of like so a Star Wars story. <laughs> but when I first saw that trailer came out, it's Kenny Pete in the interrogation room. I knew, I was like, I didn't want to watch it without my family watching it with me. So they're all on the couch, and we're watching my little phone. And, and as we're watching it, they're all like, what's this? I didn't want to tell them what it was. And he says, I'm not going to let you put Jesse Pinkman in a cage. And then the word El Camino came up, and I started crying. And I said, El Camino, because that's what he drove away in. <laughs> and my wife's like, you're crying. <laughs> That's just the day it starts. You don't have to be home. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. It comes out at you, you don't even 
even live that far from yeah, Rosemont. You could leave the convention, go home, and put it on. I could watch it on my phone at my table. Yeah, right. <laughs> I could put a, a note and send it back in two hours. You could watch me watch it. And the water is not that good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the water is not good at any convention. Art, can you sign your name without looking at it? Because then you can just. I can draw it on. I can draw on my sleeve. So yeah. <laughs> but can you do? Wait, can can you do like um, little Archie and, and Tiny Titans version of Breaking Bad? Oh my god! Oh my god! You need to do that now. Yeah. I would do uh, Walter White's uh, daughter Holly. I'd make her continue the legacy. She could do. Like as a baby so or? Yeah. <laughs> baby, baby meth dealers. <laughs> it's like with a gun coming out of the swaddle. Swaddle. Can you do meth lab? I love that movie so. I love that show so much, and it, it ruins everything else for me. I um, just just today. What's today? Today Saturday, right? Yeah. Today, my uh, it was last night. My wife and my kids were making meals on the best thing to for tea. We got all these apps, Disney Plus, and all this, Netflix, all this stuff happening. And so I don't know how to do all this. So they investigated the Roku. So they went out today. Was it yesterday? No, yesterday. They, yeah, it was yesterday. They went, they went out and bought this thing and got all these apps, and now I don't know how to use my TV. And I'm just like, <laughs> So we were watching stuff today. And um, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, but I told them all the stuff I needed. So, I forget, see? Breaking Bad, El Camino. Breaking Bad, El Camino. Oh, and I watched the second trailer with Jesse and the stars on his face. Man, this is so good. But I'm ready for that Disney Plus. Like, I, all I want to watch is Breaking Bad. That's what I wrote. Breaking Bad's not on Disney Plus. <laughs> what channels do you want, Daddy? I want the Breaking Bad channel. I want the Star Wars channel, White Sox channel, and the Fox Or something for See, Breaking Bad was one of those where like iTunes had the whole series for 30 bucks, and I'm like, there's never going to be a day I don't want to watch right. this. But there will always be a day that some streaming service I have has taken it down. Right. right. And, I, and I know they had that barrel where you could get all the Blu-ray discs, and I never bought it, and I'm getting afraid that it's not going to be around anymore. But it's still on Netflix, and everyone in my family knows this. Once it's off of streaming somewhere, I need that barrel. <laughs> what is this barrel? Yeah, it was a collector. It was like a box set. Really, yeah, box oh, really I thought you meant the Blu-ray player was like a big barrel. No, the disc coming in a barrel. That yeah, looks like the yeah, looks like the 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 settling the the chemicals yes. that they use to make the, the to, and milk people. I remember seeing those. Yeah. You know what's cool is like when I go into like negotiations and meetings and stuff, I channel Gustavo Free. <laughs> it's real serious. Why would I say that? What benefit would it have for me? You know, you say, say stuff like that, and you're like, wow, he's very businesslike. <laughs> he just watches a lot of Breaking Bad. Did you? And he's going to be in The Mandalorian, too. Yeah, did you know he was on Sesame Street in the 70s? Was he? Yeah, if you, get, if you get those classic 70s Sesame Street DVDs, he's just like on the street. He's like, what do you mean you don't know the color red, Big Bird? <laughs> and it's really freaky. Raul Julia was on, too. Yeah, I remember that one. Raul Julia could not pronounce Snuffleupagus. <laughs> he's like, wow, Snuffleupagus. 
They can see it now, right? Was he still on the show? There's some. They, they wait, did, I think they did an episode where everyone finally saw. Oh yeah, I thought he meant Raul Julia. I was like, uh, no, he's been dead for years. Passed away. <laughs> they killed him off too. Yeah. Elmo sees Raul Julia in his sleep. <laughs> Did you say Pinocchio? Yeah. <laughs> the famous puppet, Pinocchio. Pinocchio was my favorite guy. Uh, and then he's I, would, not I watched the whole movie, Pinocchio movie, but once he yells, Father! Oh my god, I'm not right for like two days. <laughs> really, sister. Like, like, What's wrong, Dad? Which means you go to bed, wake up, and you're like, still not right. Okay, no, <laughs> watch that. That poor little wooden boy. <laughs> Remember when you said it was like therapy yeah. like an hour ago? It's, it's still like therapy. We're Tell us more about it. Art's working through his daddy and puppet issues. He is, yeah, in public. <laughs> is there going to be a copay at the end of this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe need an HBO card. I don't know. HBO? <laughs> <laughs> That's next to the Breaking Bad therapy channel. <laughs> yeah. So Pinocchio is Jesse Pinkman. Oh my god. <laughs> She's kind of skinny Pete. Pinkman, Pen. Oh, did you see the new trailer? Pink Pinocchio? What's that? Skinny Pete Badger were in the new trailer. Yeah, I saw Badger in that. In the new skinny one. Pete's awesome. I love these guys. So like you guys don't have any worry that this Breaking Bad movie just won't be good? It's good. Here's my prediction for No, it's going to be good. It it's going to be good. Look at what Vince Gilligan did with Breaking Bad. Yeah, I always get impatient for people that say, oh, I finished Breaking Bad and I have nothing to watch. And I'm like, then why aren't you watching Better Call Saul? So it it's just as good. It's like, it's like, <laughs> you the, just cycle back up. You know? <laughs> but Better Call Saul is like the Frasier of drama. You finish Cheers and you go, oh, there's 11 more seasons of Cheers. Right. Saul is a low, slow burn. Like, they made it so yeah. you don't have to see any of it, any Breaking Bad. But man, once it gets good, it keeps going. That Mike does everything. I love Mike. Stuff. But I think my prediction for El Camino, that it's going to be three movies, but my prediction, the last scene of the first movie is go to the hospital over here. And then we look at it, Walter White in the bed. That's, that's how, and they're not going to explain if he's alive or dead. But that's what we're going to see in the final scene of El Camino, first movie. That's what I think. There's a, there's a lot of rumors of whether or not Brian yeah. Cranston is in it. So I'm trying not to get into it as much because I want to watch it, but the, um, Star Wars is poisoning my brain right now. Poison? I don't know if that's the right word. It's entered me, and it's still there. Like what, spe what specifically is the yeah. Ma Mandalorian, the Rise of Skywalker? Mandalorian, I got my pretty... Uh, see, that's what ruined the, um, the last Jedi, the last... Yeah, was that called? Last Jedi, yeah. Yeah, that's what ruined that movie. 
messed up all the critics and messed up the movie and people were, were upset. But I didn't let that happen to me for that movie because when I saw that, I thought it was really cool that they went a way that you can't predict what they were going to do. There's no way you can predict any of that movie. But now I'm predicting the last, last Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> is there a the in it or is it the Rise Skywalker? Like the, the, the Rise. Yeah. The rise. Yeah. If you look at all of the trilogies too, Rock Batman, um, Star Wars, everyone's rising. It's like, <laughs> like Dark Knight Rises, right? And I think of cake or pancakes, Rise of Skywalker. The Planet of the Apes rose. Yeah. You had a Rise of the Planet of the Apes, like you're washing dishes. Was that like, a weird album too, Rise? Yeah, everything's Rise, wake up. Wake up and do it. Like, <laughs> it's something else. Like, breaking the El Camino. You didn't know that, like, if you were going to say, what are they going to name it? El Camino. I had no, no way to predict it. But I think. So, but if it was El Camino Rises, you wouldn't have been as yeah, annoying. Like, El Camino Rises? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think at breakfast when I hear Rises. El Camino Rises. El Camino Rises. came out because oh, I, right. I went at midnight and it was three hours and there's they're going up the misty mountains and then they go in and the only reason I realized I was asleep was the scene where the cavern opens up and all the orcs grab them yeah. and Thorin yells wake up that woke me up yeah. <laughs> I was like what, what, what? oh I'm watching a movie I and then I was like I'm too old to go to these movies I went to see Avengers with my buddy Johnny Yoko Chips and he's, we're sitting there after Loki takes the van, destroys everybody, blows up shield, and Nick Fury's in panicking, all I hear is, hilarious. 
I'm like, what? It's like 20 minutes in the movie. I go, what happened? He goes, I just woke up. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you missed the whole beginning. <laughs> this is kind of crazy. Right, here's another here's, uh, Star Wars. See, it's, in, it's it infiltrated my head. It, it penetrated me as Obi-Wan said. But it didn't hurt or nothing. But it, it's in there. But uh, So, based on that poster, what we saw that poster with, Palpatine looking onto Ray and Kylo Ren fighting. If you look at the poster, put it up, you can put it up there full right now. Because I studied it, looked at it, and saved it, and largely pinched it and made it big. And I looked at Kylo's wearing his helmet, and he's got the red cracks in there. But ooh, it's got quiet in there. That's cool. And so Ray is holding her lights there with the blue surrounding her, the blue energy. Kylo's holding his lights with the red energy. But below him is blue mixed with red. All right, it's on the poster. Not painted it up. So purple? It's kind of purple, but you could distinctly see the red and the blue. So now that we know that Palpatine's back, and everybody's wondering what capacity, and is the Doctor Who guy gonna play young Palpatine and all that, because they, they announced he's in the movie, but they didn't say what role he plays, it's gonna be a mystery. They didn't say if Skywalker is gonna be back, if Skywalker's the new form of Jedi, all this stuff. So, and based off of what Kevin Smith said, that the last scene will melt your brain. Do you remember he said that? Because he was watching them film the last scene. Okay, now is he giving us clues? I'm thinking. So this is all going into young Baltazar's 50-year-old head, all right? In my brain. And I'm sitting there watching Breaking Bad thinking about Star Wars. So. I feel like this ends with a lot of push pins and red yarn. Yeah. <laughs> If you're a kid, it won't hit you in the head, but I got a duck every day that's going to the fridge. <laughs> so, there's a fight. Ray and, and Kylo are fighting, but as they are fighting, here's my prediction. As they are fighting, Palpatine's Force Ghost is fighting Luke's Force Ghost. And they're mimicking the moves, like in another X-Men reference with Chris Claremont and was writing the book with the Hellfire Club with, with, with Wolverine and Cyclops and stuff. And Cyclops was fighting Mastermind in his mind. Oh yeah. Remember that they were they were yeah, like pirates. pirates sword fight. Yeah. And so all of a sudden in the real they're all captured, all the X-Men are captured, and you see Cyclops collapse, oh, and he falls over because he got stabbed when in his mind. Okay? Now, Ray and Kyler are fighting, and Luke and Palpatine are mimicking every one of their moves. Kylo slashes and then Palpatine slashes Luke. But that would be a real cool visual, and I think that's something they could do. Now, not only are they mimicking them, but Kylo is also has inner turmoil, inner struggle. Because now, based off the rumors that we've seen Hayden Christensen with Ian McDermott getting their panels canceled at Star Wars shows and stuff, like they don't, and now the rumor is like maybe his. He got canceled from appearances because they don't want him to talk about the movie because maybe he's in it. All right, this is just me thinking. So Kylo Ren, as he's fighting Rey, she's winning because he can't concentrate because he has turmoil with Anakin and Palpatine in his head. You know, come to the light, come to the dark, come to the light. And he already shown signs of being a light side, right? He wants to be Rey's friend or her brother. That's my prediction. Or I think she's a metachlorian. But like one metachlorian? Yeah, she got one. Real one, powerful one. Big metachlorian. So, like a walking amoeba. So now that we see on the poster, he has his helmet with the red cracks. Okay, here's my, in, in, in the trailer when you see that red crack, I think that's gonna be 
it's probably the beginning where you forget I mentioned, we'll edit that out. But, but so, they're, so they're fighting, and Ray's winning because he has inner turmoil with Anakin saying, come join me. So he defeats the Anakin ghost in his head and joins Palpatine. But as he does that, Ray makes the final slash and wins and knocks them off the knocks them off the Death Star wherever they're fighting. And he falls into water or a volcano, wherever they're doing. And then we say, oh, he won. We don't see the body and they celebrate with Ewoks and all that stuff. It ends. But at the end you see Kylo crawling out of this thing with his head on fire. It's smoky. It's smoking. And you see those those red lines glowing. And he can't do anything but like he gets back to his headquarters, whatever he does, and, he, and the helmet's burning him, and he rips the helmet off, but you only see the back of his head just like we saw Darth Vader's back of his head in Empire Strikes Back, but now you see Kylo's head's all burnt, and he crawls with his head flaming up, and then he hits the switch on the wall, and the door opens up, and it's a new Darth Vader helmet, and he puts it on. And then, da -da 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 -da. and that's and then it that's says how, episode nine, chapter one. No, that yeah, <laughs> but that's how you could continue Vader into the new movies. It's the end of the Skywalker saga because now he's the last one, and he's Vader. That wouldn't that be cool? I know that'll never happen. <laughs> but, man, it kind of just did. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like if if I said this two years ago that. To defeat Thanos, you gotta open up all these portals and bring up every Marvel hero that's ever appeared in every movie. And then Captain America's gonna grab a hammer, and then he's gonna get beat up with two McJoners, and then they're gonna win. And you're gonna be like, oh, that would be cool if that happened. And it did. That's why you never need to see another Marvel movie. So I'm getting Disney Plus. I'm getting Disney Plus. Did you see Spider-Man Far From Home? No. Oh, it's good. I have to watch them, but I'm afraid that I'm going to do the White Sox thing again. Like, they're not going to win, and I'm going to be stuck watching every season. <laughs> you know? Because then they just lose, or the Cubs just didn't win, like, two days ago or something. Cubs won, did they? Yeah, but they didn't get the playoffs, I guess. No, it was they had to win eight, and the other guys had to lose eight. Yeah. That's hard to do. Then we'll just win the next 12. Okay. Sox did that once, but then it was in, like, May. Like, oh, come on, guys, save that. But I don't know. What are you going to do? I wish I never put baseball on in 2006, really. I wish Baby Jesus come back from the future and say, don't do it, man. And I didn't put him on until August. I was so proud of myself. But I put him on because that Horatio, I forget, Horatio? Yeah, that guy. He was, he was, he was doing real good. And I'm like, oh, man. And they're two, they were two weeks away from him. From, from their time number, what do you call it? Magic number? Magic number. They were two weeks away from clinching and they didn't do it. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. And that was hardcore. I was listening on, on the radio. That's rough. And you listen to baseball on the radio. And wife comes out, what's going on in the game? And I tell her in full detail, she got all that from the radio? I go, yeah. The guy was safe at home. I'm like, wow, you missed the tag by one inch. You know, you know anyway. <laughs> I know it's sports and people aren't in the sports here. Or maybe they are. Well, know. you heard about my Ditka story earlier, yeah. right? Was I, I like right or wrong? You're right. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Because we talked about Ditka like we loved it, but we needed him back then. So Ditka always like, seemed like my mean uncle. Yeah, he still is. He always looked uncle. like a guy that was about to yell at me. And have a drink and then drive home. Yelling. Yelling. Yeah. 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 The whole time. The window rolled down and yelling at everybody. And the state trooper was like, sir, you yeah. Yeah, the backhand. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. 
doesn't flinch, he gives you two for flinching, he's that guy. <laughs> Art, while you're reading that whole wrap up of The Rise of Skywalker, a Disney executive has been frantically really? following the And you can tell because he's going heart emoji, heart emoji, heart emoji, heart emoji, heart emoji. I hope so. And I, I really want it to be a two-parter, but I don't think it will be. I really want Vader, Kyle would become Vader, but I don't think it will be. I, I will say, you know what it is? I, I, similar to what you're saying, though, I have a feeling they're going to have Rise of Skywalker is going to have that kind of an ending. It's going to be an ending, but not really an ending. It's kind of like, this story's over, but there are all this other stuff that's going to come later. You know, oh, yeah, because there's two up. movies greenlit. There's like yeah. three trilogies they're talking about. I mean, they're not going to stop making Star Wars. You know, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kylo Ren becomes yeah. like a through It'll line. probably be where all their force ghosts, force, force ghosts are together. And you see Anakin, Luke, and Kylo because he's probably going to get killed and he joins the light side. It's going gonna, it's gonna to mimic. It's poetry. It's going to be like poetry where it's all going to reflect. Because there's moments of the Force Awakens that was like New Hope and... Empire with Yoda and the Adats in the last one. Then there was a Lando-type character who, I don't know. I well, Lando's in this. Yeah, he is. And I think he's going to be in there for like three minutes. I don't think he's going to do anything. I, I think he's replacing Carrie Fisher because the plan was that if Force Awakens was the Han Solo movie, Last Jedi was the Luke movie, and Rise of Skywalker was supposed to be the Leia movie, but then yeah. Carrie Fisher passed away. Yeah. So they were like, well, what other human being is still around from the original trilogy? Yeah. And it's Billy D. Williams. I wanted the Nian Dunn movie. That would be so awesome. What's wrong with that? He's just constantly helping co-pilot things. Yeah. It's like your Uber. He holds like half, he holds half a lightsaber handle. He's like, I'm not that. He was a Muppet in the Return of the Jedi. There were a lot of Muppets in Return of the Jedi. I never knew that until like like two years ago. I found out he was a Muppet. Yeah, it's kind of the way his head moves. Yeah. And he's speaking some kind of strange language. He well, just laughs a lot. I feel like when Yoda worked, George Lucas was like, all right, all the Muppets. Yeah. And then there's the teddy bears and like all of Jabba's palace. Jabba's like the biggest Muppet in the world. It's nice noodles. Yeah. It's like a three-man Muppet. It's nice noodles had boobies, too. Even the actual <laughs> big They're She was shapely, yeah. I'm just curious. You brought somebody with him. I haven't heard him. Does he talk? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> 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 Yes, uh, my name is Mike. I'm Art's bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> he's been slapping bullets since this year. Here to protect him in case he says anything that angers the crowd. <laughs> I'm here to hold him back. Because it distracts them from their duties. I think he's just Jesse Bateman. Look at the two of them sitting there. Yeah, right? Oh, there is kind of a Midwestern Breaking yeah. Bad thing going on. Yeah. With that hat, I don't know if you have a shaped head. You're right. You figured it out. <laughs> See, it's hard to blend in with normal folk when I'm trying to run a business. You know, I'm a very cautious man. Do you own a laundromat? Or a jar? I have an art studio. Did you own a laundromat? You own a car wash. And I wore blue for the blue box today, too. Art's on blue milk, not blue mask. Blue milk. See, Skywalker. The rise of the blue milk. <laughs> How is that not on the menu? That's what happens to me. Ah, there we go. Well, this is Mike. He's an actor, and he plays uh, superheroes when we have events at our stores. It's true. I played Spider-Man several times. Mm -hmm. You're a really good Spider-Man. Thanks, man. I see you at I have never had the body confidence to play Spider-Man. <laughs> Steve, when yeah. Steven used to own a shop, he had this Spider-Man suit. 
by the door for seven years, and every time I walked by, I would look at it and be like, yeah, five more pounds. Yeah, it was a it was a, a child's costume, so it was, it was oh. be there for for maybe like a fourteen year old. It's tough, man. There's nowhere to hide in that Spider-Man costume. Yeah. That's like everything is just out there on display. You there's you can't. Like if you're Captain America, you got a belt, you got a shield you can hide behind. Spider-Man, he's got nothing. It's just him out there. So do the uh, ultimate, uh, do the, uh, sorry, the uh, Spider-Verse version where he's wearing like the, the green, the army jacket. And oh, yeah. There's a lot of those guys now at conventions because they're like, oh, I can be Spider-Man wear pants. What pants? I like the dad like bought Spider-Man. The old hurting Spider-Man from Spider-Verse. I like that guy, the Peter Parker one. Yeah. The aging Spider-Man. I like him. I think I start to identify with him more as I get older than I do the young Peter Parker. But that, that kind of hurt me when, when Tom Holland came out. I think Tom Holland's a great Spider-Man, but that's when I realized I'm older than Spider-Man. <laughs> when you're old enough to be Tom Holland's father, it's when like, you're, oh. Yeah, when you're reading Spider-Man, you always feel like a little kid. Like, when I was when I was a kid reading Spider-Man, it was the 80s, and he had his own apartment, and he had a skylight that he could go out, and I'm like, someday I'm going to have my own apartment. And I now, was his roommate. That was awesome. Yeah. And, and, then, uh, at, and now I'm like, oh, I'll never be Spider-Man. It's like there was a moment where I realized I was never going to be Alfred. But there was never going to be Batman, but there's a good chance I could be Alfred. <laughs> I just realized I'm 50, and when Breaking Bad started, it was Walter White turned 50. And he died 52. Are you trying to make a confession here? Uh, I see it all as a career change. I see a career change. <laughs> <laughs> all I need is a big band. That's it. <laughs> Something funny's happening in Skokie. I don't know. <laughs> it smells funny. <laughs> that's a real breaking wind. That's good. Yeah. We'll do a GoFundMe for a Winnebago for you. We can do that. There we go. Yes, I'll restore it. There's an art studio in the back instead of a lab. <laughs> oh, yeah, science! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, science. He's up all night drawing again. I see that light in the middle of the desert. <laughs> I see Franco as your mic. Yeah, maybe, right? Yeah. You can do that. You I can see that. I, I would not want, like, to cross Franco. I mean, like, no. Because I, 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 yeah, no, I don't see Franco having, like, a mic type ending where, you know, Walter just walked up to the car and bam. Or just bam. No, Franco would be like, what? And I'd be like, bam. And he'd go, what? Then he, like, take it yeah, from Yeah, Franco survives. Yeah, he would, like, take the gun from me and, like, pistol with me in the forehead. He'll hold you up like Captain Antilles. Like, <laughs> yeah. He'll do that first. And then, and then he'll think about it and then finish his sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> As he's holding you by the neck. I have, a, I have a good friend of mine named Joe who's, uh, he looks like Mike, he acts like Mike, he's got Mike's attitude, Joe Franzo. Yeah. But he collects toys. But he collects toys with the power and the intensity of Mike Irvin. Yeah. <laughs> he collects Barbies? Where, where he's just now, he, collect, he, he collects like Marvel Legends and he's just like, he's just like, Walmart has that Captain America. I'm gonna get three of them. And you're like, yes you are. Yeah, whatever you say, Joe. Don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> he, came, he came in, he visited Chicago once, he came in when Steven owned the shop. Walked around, just nodded, and I was like, Joe, this is Steven, this is his shop. And he just goes, all you super rich books are overpriced and you walk right out. <laughs> <laughs> he came back by Jeremy Charles and collects comics. Yeah. I've, uh, <laughs> I, I, I just can't get, like, I can't get this, um, 
tiny, tiny version of Breaking Bad out of my hand. Right. This needs to be drawn out. You need to do something. You need to draw it. I need to see this. Something will happen. Did you see a tiny tight? They're in a new um, Teen Titans Go movie. They're in it. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. The Teen Titans versus Teen Titans? Yeah, and it's like a Spider-Verse version of the Teen Titans where they meet all the different versions. And Teen Titan Titans are in it. But I, I haven't seen any of it, but I've heard about it. There's rumors, and no one officially told me, but now there's clips online. People are putting them out there. Are you going to check it? I, I haven't got anything yet. Probably. I'll probably, they'll probably buy me some coffee in New York. Tell them you want that Breaking Ben set. Ooh. That'd be good. That's always, that's always that weird thing when you have a credit, and then you're forced to buy it. Yeah, you know, like, like you don't get the free thing. You're just like, free. Well, I'm in this thing, and then you feel like a big narcissist, like spending money. I'm hoping my name is in the in the credits at the end, but I'm not. I don't even know. I have no idea. Or maybe it'll be like when the Marvel movies come out and they say special thanks and they list yeah. all the creators they pulled from. It'll be and, and yeah, or in that paragraph. paragraph. Yeah, and others. Yeah, and, and others. <laughs> There's the Tina H and Arthur. <laughs> the <laughs> Professor Marianne or Balthazar. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll see. This comes out next few weeks. I don't know. I have to buy and watch it on my phone, on my kitchen table. There you are. Did you make this? Scroll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to see. <laughs> Me and uh, Skok do. Well, we call him Skok. Skoky Spidey Skok. It's like Supreme Leader Skok. Or Cherry Vanilla Skoke. Diet Skoke. Diet Skoke. Skoke Zero. But we did a show. We do a show. Skoke Brothers. It's called the All Yeah Comic Show. And hosted by Skoke. And we just did an interview a few weeks ago. Episode 2. It was really cool. It's true. If you go to the All Yeah Comics YouTube channel, you can see this new show. Also, famous cartoonist says things. Yeah, is Art's new show. I record. <laughs> I record my just talking for a few minutes, but not even more than three minutes. And I'm up to like episode five, and I just do random thoughts, and it's catching on. People are thinking it. They're writing to me saying they like it. It's called Famous Cartoonist Says Things, and the new episode is me on vacation. So I'm, I'm in Madison, Wisconsin, eating a sandwich. And That's your idea of a vacation. Yeah, I'm gonna go up to Madison to <laughs> get a sandwich. Oh, come on. We went to the uh, Madison uh, Taste of Madison. I said, yeah, it's called the Madison Taste of Madison, Wisconsin.com. But we went there, and it was real cool. But I got this show, and it's real fun. I was gonna record one when I got here, but what up? I think we're recording one right that, now. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like the last 20 minutes has been your stream yeah. of consciousness show. Yeah. I feel, I feel like we just ruined your whole schedule, Rob. No. <laughs> At some point we didn't leave. Oh, yeah. Our heart came yeah. up and no. it's 537 and people are talking. That's all we have. Yeah, you got 20 minutes to go. So. Ellie just like yeah. went to order more coffee. This is the most yeah. wow, hey, podcast. Yeah. No, man, let's exactly how we were on All right, you said you went to up to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to the Renaissance Fair up there? No, well, not yet. My wife wants to go. She keeps talking about it. And uh, Feast of the Hunter's Moon, is that it? Oh. Or is that something else? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bristol Renaissance. Yeah, she yeah. wants to do all these things. Yeah. I've never done it. It's unknown to me. And usually when 
human beings are unknown or frightened. So I'm a little scared about all this stuff. But she's real calm, so I know I'll be safe. <laughs> I might have to make a, make a suit of armor or something. I'm not sure what to do. We're dressed like Willow. Who's that guy with the fuzzy feet? Hobbit? Yeah, that guy. Frodo. Frodo. I call him Willow. Willow is the George Lucas movie. See? Yeah. What would we do without Lucas, you know? Like, imagine if he didn't exist. Like, we would just have more Gene Hackman in these movies. Like, that's where it was going, right? Yeah, it's Nothing would have came George takes George Lucas away, Stan Lee away. We would have nothing. There'd be a James Bond movie every year forever. Yeah. All we'd have is Vince Gilligan, you know? Because he liked Gene Hackman. I'm all right with this scenario. He did. That was his first job. Who? Vince Gilligan. Oh. His first job was right around the X Files. That's where he discovered Walt White and Jesse and both on episodes. That's yeah, they were. Mm -hmm. I never watched X Files. Never saw it. How oh, it's good. Never saw Doctor Who. Never saw Star Trek. You can you can look to your left and then you see Doctor Who. <laughs> there now you see it. Looks like. <laughs> I only saw it on here. I mean, see. He's talking to James Corden right now. But I watched. I watched. Uh, I watch these, like I watch Wendy Williams, we're no volume. I don't know what they're doing right now. I think they're going to make out. <laughs> He's giving them a talk show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to hear my prediction for the Mandalorian? Yes. Here's another thing. Because all I do is think about this stuff all day. I'm by myself a lot. And it's true. I'm overlapping. My hours are so weird that I'm overlapping with my family. So when I'm eating breakfast, it's really dinner. And then they go to bed in three hours or so, and then I'm just getting to work. I'm still drinking coffee at 10 o'clock at night. And it's really straight. So I have a lot of alone time in me and crickets in the basement. You and your thoughts. Your thoughts. So Mandalorian, before they announced all the actors, I didn't know that. Uh, now I know there's a man playing the Mandalorian. But I was really afraid that they were going to make it a girl, which would have been fine. But a I girl DeLorean? Yeah, a girl DeLorean. A man DeLorean? Man DeLorean? Ma'am DeLorean. But I thought that was going to be it, and she had a padded suit. I was trying to guess where they were going. But then Gina Carano showed up. So I'm like, okay, they don't need to do that because they have a, a cool, tough lady who can beat you up. And then there's a. So then now the trailer's out, and then they have Apollo Creed in there, and Gustavo Frank, all these cool guys. But my. My prediction is, since he doesn't talk, it, well, hopefully, I don't know, but if he doesn't talk, it's more like Clint Eastwood, he doesn't say stuff. Now imagine, again, the last episode of season one, man, Lori's doing his thing, he just got paid for whatever he was searching for to host the first season, he just got all the money, and then he hears someone behind him. <clears throat> he turns around, and it's Dengar from Return of, or from Empire Strikes Back, with a guy he's holding, He's missing an arm, missing a leg, and he has a crushed helmet, and he's, on, he's all scarred up and burnt, and it's Boba Fett. And he says something like, all right, where's my bounty? And here he is, or something like that. Wouldn't that be something, like Boba Fett's arrival? And then we got to wait like six months or a year to see season two of Mandalorian. That'd be cool. They were working on a movie that was going to be all six of the bounty hunters. Oh, really? Empire. Yeah, it was when they were working on Obi-Wan as a movie, when they were going to do all of yeah. those Star Wars stories. But so I wouldn't be surprised if, if they took a lot of those ideas and then they could just float in 
Because at San Diego, that's all Disney really talked about were the Disney Plus series. They yeah. didn't really talk about any movies. So it seems like they're putting a lot of weight into these series. They should. They should do it all the uh, that that era of the original trilogy era. So that's what people want to see. Like you could still put Vader in there because it's just a guy with a suit. You know, that would be man, that'd be so good. See, that's why I like sometimes I wish Star Wars didn't exist because I spent too much time thinking about this. What would you do if there wasn't though? Star Wars? Yeah, would you, I know. Would you, like, a, yeah. would you be a comic book artist in Star Wars? I'd probably be driving that hospital bay and stuff. I don't know what I'd be doing. Because it, it wasn't for that. It was Star Wars. But first it was Tom and Jerry did it. That got me into, into drawing. And the Goat Gorilla and all those guys. Squidly Dilly Dog. And I didn't draw like that. Like the guys with the sideways hands and stuff. <laughs> the feet are always pointed up. Squidly Dilly was always hard to draw for me, but I love I love all these guys. And Doggy 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 Daddy. And, and then. Uh, Super Friends, of course, we saw with Batman and, and, and Superman and then the Legion of Doom, all that stuff. Then Star Wars showed up, and then Christopher Reeve showed up, then the Indiana Jones showed up, and like, man, all of that stuff appeared from 77 through 83. Those are all the best movies ever created in the history of movies because we're still trying to remake them. You know, and the first X-Men was cool too, but then they, they were trying to recapture X-Men 2. You know, it's like, and the people ask me how, what comics do you read? I said, I already read all the good ones already. I don't know what the <laughs> I read all the best comics. And then it's proof with movies, because all the movies, it's weird too, because when a new Avengers movie or a new Marvel movie comes out, I don't really rush to go see it, because I already know it. Already, there's no spoilers. But Star Wars has this major spoilers. If I don't find out, I'm going to be mad. You know, if I don't go to opening day. But Endgame, I, I had to go see. But with, with, Superhero movies. I still haven't seen Aquaman or Shazam. I gotta watch. Shazam was good. I got the DVD. Shazam was actually really, really fun. I was First Aquaman was good. Like half the movie was good. It's, Aquaman's crazy. It's right. seven movies. Just, like, yeah, it is. It's like, oh, yeah. we're gonna put this scene and this scene. Yeah, I, I took my 10-year-old to it and he was going like, really? <laughs> like, it looks cool because they're on sharks and stuff. Yeah. Right. yeah, they just go around the world in like five minutes. They're it's, just like, let's go to eat. They drop Aquaman in a desert. I'm like, so he's dead now, right? Because he's Aquaman. Yeah. It's like the Aquaman movie was as good as an Aquaman movie could be. It's like they tried. <laughs> but they did it. So it wasn't terrible. It's a, as good as it could be. The weird part is like in the Justice League movie, he's on the water swimming around in the Arctic. Then when he gets out to talk to Batman, he puts a coat on him. <laughs> he wants to look cool. Hey, what are you doing? It's, it's a windshield. <laughs> There's know? no windshield underwater. They got people in Chicago going in the water in Lake Michigan. I don't know. That's now, weird, too. Art, are you interested in the Joker movie? Yeah. I can't wait for that. Yeah, it's going to be good. See, I'm, it's really weird because I draw a lot of happy, fun, cartoony stuff. But I love movies. Like, my favorite is... Uh, Quentin Tarantino movies. I love them so much. Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I didn't see it yet. It's oh. really good. I gotta see it. And I love The Hateful Eight. Pulp Fiction is like one of my all-time favorite movies. I used to go see Pulp Fiction every Friday until it was no longer in theaters. I don't even have 37 times maybe I saw it in theaters. Wow. I, love, I love it. I had six dollars we would go. I love it. And I focus on these things. That I can't get them out of my head. Like Breaking Bad. I can't wait. Now. I want to go home and watch the rest of it. And I, I watched it about twice a year, a whole series. And I don't know what... <laughs> are, how, old are you, how old are your kids? Thir uh, 13, 16, and 33. 
Oh, what? I have one man. Yeah. yeah. One man. Yeah. I, I would say how old do they need to be before they see Pulp Fiction, but I think the 33-year-old's up. Yeah, he, he saw it, yeah. The other guys, not yet, but they're going to see it. They, they haven't seen Breaking Bad yet. Because my daughter's funny, because she goes, what's that movie you always watch with the guy with no hair? and the, He has a boy that talks funny. I'm like, what is it? Because, yeah, you know, and they're always talking about just... He says, yo, and I'm like, Breaking Bad? Yeah, because she was calling it Breaking the Bags. <laughs> this is years ago. You watch that all the time, I bet. Yes, I do. I just realized I'm on a mic from talking in a coffee cup. <laughs> just got weird now. Yeah, right now. I just felt weird about that. Have you guys heard about that new show with Jeff Goldblum? Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm very that's, excited. That's on Disney Plus. It is on Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah, it's just okay. Jeff Goldblum doing things and being amazed by things that are being done. He's like, yeah. oh, shoes. Let me see you. Oh, I want to feel That's just. I feel like that's the first thing you're going to watch on Disney Plus. Yeah, I'm a big, big Jeff Goldblum fan, so a show that just follows him around experiencing life is like, uh, duh, of course. <laughs> it's like, why was it this show made 30 years ago? <laughs> it's true. He has a, there's a clip out there. There's something called Cooking with Jeff. I don't know if anybody's seen that. Yeah. Gold, Jeff Goldblum trying to learn how to cook. And the whole time he's, I don't know if he's acting like he doesn't know how to cook or he really doesn't, but he's trying to figure it out. He's going to the store, like he's been to a grocery store for the first time. He's yeah. discovering, ooh, look, what are these? Oh, uh, noodles. Oh. <laughs> he's just going up and down the aisles. Don't, don't you think that Jeff Goldblum 30 years ago was just weird and now he's eccentric? And yeah. so it's like unique. You're like, oh, this is cool. But if he's 33, you're like, Dude, what's your problem? Oh, because he's older yeah, now. He's no, eccentric. He's like, yeah. yeah, you can be like that. I, I think he's I always I feel like he was like that 30 years ago, and his, and his press agent was like, don't say that. No. <laughs> don't be weird. Just talk about Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, no, now it's... I wonder when that shift happened. It Is seems it, definitely in the last, like... I think the full critical mass, but I think it had been building for a while of life. Yeah. Like he's he's kinda weird in life aquatic. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the first time where I thought, okay, he's just being weird. He's well, I don't, been, yeah. he's weird in the fly, but he's you know, you thought it was yeah. like an act, and now you're like, Oh no, no that's no, that's, that's just that's him. Jeff yeah, that's why they cast Jeff Goldberg. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the meme or the picture of him leaning when it's in a dress part. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Once oh, yeah. 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 that became popular on t-shirts, that's when it was like, okay, just... I know it was like a jazz show. Yeah, yeah he's he a musician. Does. He's yeah. got a band. Wait, he can not see that. He was here. He's, he's, he's pretty good. Oh, you Yeah, he was at uh, Park West in Chicago. This was back in February. It was the weirdest yeah, I, thing. Though. I just saw Dana Gould and Bobcat Goldthwait there. Oh, you saw them there? Yeah, that was a great show. Yeah, it's a good... I had never been there before for any reason, but it was pretty nice. The strange thing, though, was Jeff Goldblum is there with his jazz band, and they played it. It was a great show. But before it started, my brother and I went. We walk in, and over the speakers, like, everybody's getting to their seats, and we just hear... Jeff Goldblum walking up and down the aisles of this place, just talking to people, and he's, he's going, oh yes, I'll take a selfie. <laughs> and he's just, he's just entertaining everybody before the show even starts. All the lights are up. It's like, 
wow, he's just roaming. He's just grazing through the crowd. It was amazing, though. It was, uh, and then he got up there, and he plays the piano, and he did his jazz thing with the band. Um, I guess every Wednesday. And Wait, does he sing, or does he just play the piano? A little bit. He mostly plays the piano. I want to hear him sing. That's what I want to hear. I know. I, like, I don't think he sings stuff, so much as he purrs. <laughs> yeah. you know, if you listen to Conan's podcast, there's a lot of purring and strange sounds coming from that man. Yeah, he did an episode of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and Conan just reposted it last week. And if you want pure Jeff Goldblum, because Conan's just in awe. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. He's just like, you just keep doing these things. Just, yeah, it's, 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 it's very sensual. <laughs> was it when he was here for Comic-Con? No, it was not. Oh, okay. He was just recently here, right? This was, I think it was back in August. I want to see him uh, do a concert singing with, uh, what's her name, a new girl, with her band, she and him. Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel, yeah, that would be an interesting combo. That'd be good. Yeah. And Chris McGuire. <laughs> All together on tour. Just because That's a tour that doesn't make every date. This is a lot of those I want to see. It's three out of four. Right? Yeah. Who are you going to get? It's like a Guns N' Roses show in the 90s. Maybe they're coming out, maybe they're not. Don't start. Oh my god. With uh, it's a horror concert by Art Belzazar. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I think I think we're living, we're living that show. Art, do you sing? I do. What do you like to sing? Um. I don't know. I always gotta find a song that's good for my voice because I'm more of a talker, Paul Simon singer. Well, I think I'm singing, but every time my wife hears me, she says, You're just talking. (laughs) 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 Maybe you're rapping. Maybe that's. Maybe rapping? Like Will Smith? I don't know. I think it's like a beat poet thing. I need bongos. I need a guy who plays bongos just saying, I'll be while I speak. You know? Imagine here the bottom of the beat on top of right now. I don't even have to rhyme, it's just gotta be on beat. My cousin was in a band, they had like an indie record out and they they hired a friend of ours just to play the congas, and they didn't really need congas in any of their songs. He was just a good guy to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was hard to screw up the congas, so it was just like, just keep playing the congas back there. And he got like really big ones and you just bail on them. That's fun. Who's playing the congas on Happy Days? Did they make Fonzie sit there like he wanted to be in Richie's band? So he started playing congas uh, on there? See, congas are not that cool though. Yeah, he just sat in front. Because, yeah, trust me. Are you questioning my Happy Days knowledge? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's one more. Maybe he's not playing congas. He's playing something like that. Bongos. He's playing bongos. Oh, see, bongos are cool. See, I just. Aren't they? I just hear Gary Marshall pitching that one day, just coming into the Little Rise. Now this week, Fonzie's gonna play the bongos, and he's just gonna sit there and play the bongos. Gary Marshall and Raymond. Yeah. Why? Because we're the number one show. Do you guys remember when Matthew McConaughey got into trouble yes. playing the bongos? How did he get into trouble playing the bongos? He was on drugs. Well, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it was late at night, and he was in his house. But the music was really loud, and the police were called. And when they got to the house, they found Matthew McConaughey sitting there playing the bongos, completely disrobed, and you know, probably had no idea what was going on. Just kind of looked up at it. What's going on, yeah? What are we doing? Just playing the bongos. Man. I got some cake in the oven. They probably just left him alone. I can hang out with him too. Yeah. Awesome. I just saw him in the movie with um, Golden Hawk's Fire like, yesterday. 
She's shooting me out. My, my wife did go. She's a very special oh, guest. She doesn't listen to him. She's just here laughing. I don't know what any of y'all have been talking about. <laughs> <laughs> just waiting to speak. And you remember, I remember when I was a kid, after the first Star Wars movie, um, I got all these magazines. Every every Easter or Christmas, I get magazines. And I read all of them, and I have all these books and hand solo novels and all this stuff. And I remember reading that the Mandalorian, Boba Fett, was the last of the Mandalorian warriors, and his armor was designed to defeat the Jedi. That's why he was able to get one up on Luke when he was on the skiff. And then I heard about stormtroopers being clones. And then I also heard about Uncle Owen being Obi-Wan's brother. Ever, anyone remember reading that stuff? Yeah. I don't remember somehow Uncle Owen was an uncle if he wasn't related to anybody. He wasn't related to anybody. Yeah. They weren't blood at all. Yeah. Well, actually, the movie they explained it. Was it Snee? Is that her name? That's his, her brother. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, she was related to Anakin's mother, who was a slave on Tatooine. But he married, she married the guy who couldn't walk. Yeah, and you know the Separate. reason why? Yeah, I think that they they had to do that because when we, when we read all those books and they identify all the land speeder and all of these things, they always had that orange land speeder that was in Luke's garage. They called it the Lars land speeder, and I never knew what that was until the uh, oh. Phantom Menace. Because it was always called, oh, that's Lars, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you don't read the novelizations or something, you yeah. don't know the last names because they never say it. And Uncle Owen Kenobi, I thought his name would be. That's what it seemed like to me. Yeah. So when he met Ben, old Ben Kenobi, I'm thinking, that's your uncle. It's like, the Owen, Owen's your <laughs> uncle, and that's his brother. Yeah, Obi Wan is his brother. And I like how he banished himself to this desert planet, but just changed his first name. Right. That's what that show's gonna be. Yeah, I can't it's wait to see it. Like, why did you change? You're still called Kenobi. Yeah, I thought I liked. Maybe Kenobi is like Star Wars version of like Smith. Is yes, like Smith. Round, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the universe is littered with Kenobi's. Because <laughs> if I did, I would just change from our Joe Joe Baltazar. But still, <laughs> but I got cousins. Like, oh, so it's weird. I think we had like 240 Baltazars cousins. And, Uncle, so well, I feel like actually it might make sense though, because yeah. he doesn't have a family because he was taken young. That's like true. Jedi used to do. And that's what's gonna happen to Ray. You already yeah. know. Your family would come from nowhere. Yeah. It's true. Oh, he didn't lie to her. JJ says he's gonna resolve that though. There's something in Rise of Skywalker that's gonna pay that off. It is. She's gonna be a, a Metachlorian creation. I, I still kind of think she and Kylo Ren are twins. I keep going back to this. I think they're brother and sister. I yeah, I think she is a Skywalker. Because Hans Solo knew who she was. How can they pull over on Rhea having a child and her not remembering? Because they had to separate him just like Luke and Leia. That's what I think too. I hope she's. Carrie Fisher did a lot of cocaine. She did. Oh, she, <laughs> she may have forgot the entire pregnancy. So like Leia was on her stuff from like the time she was what twelve. I like how Leia was a princess in 1977. And then 40 years later, she's only a general. But she's still stuck on this. She put her planet entire. Yeah, that's yeah, true. true. She she that's lost true. her There's entire no planet. Yeah. yeah. There is no way. Those are all. She was an Alderaan princess. I liked it all. I'm just looking for a defense, but I like them all. I could watch them all day, and I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how many planets are? I mean, think about it. There's hundreds or thousands of planets, but she's a general of an entire 
solar system. I'm from a desert planet. Oh yeah, which one? There's so <laughs> There's like 300. We've got 20 on this list. I just never understood in Force Awakens how they became the Republic, but they were already the underdogs in Force Awakens. Yeah. We're like, we are the government, but we're really scared of these terrorists that have stormtroopers. Or what I thought in that last one too, when they were chasing them real slow. Like, why couldn't they send one ship ahead in light speed to come up this way? <laughs> so they could they could come at him like that. But I don't know. That's like space stuff. That was very Star Trek. The Empire is notoriously stupid. Yeah. In their, in their they should have just force choked them from the ship. <laughs> <laughs> he could do it. Yoda could do it. Remember in a cartoon he smashed the he smashed the Star Destroyers? And that Tardinovsky Genby. Oh yeah, Genby. That was cool. We rode a camel in there and it smashed everything. Do you think the extended universe really hurt J.J. Abrams making the, the three, making the, you know, seven, eight, nine? I think it could have helped them, but they wanted to do something else. But they they didn't want to spoil they it. Take, they, they take liberally from it, though. I mean, they, they yeah. take what they wanted. I mean, yeah. they took the dreadnoughts. I mean, they, they take yeah. a lot from yeah. it. See, I was worried about J.J. Abrams because his first Star Trek was great, and then the second Star Trek was terrible. So I was like, okay, start Star Wars and get out of here. Yeah. But coming back to the third one, it's looking promising. I want a trilogy. I hope they give me a trilogy. And all I have to do is meet somebody. Well, here's... I, I met somebody from Star Wars one time. Uh, and who was it? I told Lando. I was in the green room at one of the, one of the conventions, and Lando was in her room. Billy E. And one of the artists who did uh, storyboards for some, some movie. And so I told them I, what, what, how they should open the next Indiana Jones movie. And I had their attention. They're looking at me. And I said, the way to do it is the camera comes in through a cave. And you see a man with the hat, with the fedora, with the leather jacket. And, he's, and you see a glow because he just found the treasure. But we're following a character walking in. And he sees this guy. And the guy, you see his hand grab the guy and spins the guy around. Well, who we think is Indiana Jones, but as he grabs him by his shoulder and spins him around, you see it short round, all grown up. And he goes, Dr. Jones? And, it's, and he says, Shorty, what are you doing here? So that would have been the perfect way to introduce, instead of having Mutt Williams in there, you could have had short round be his son. And that's how they should have started Crystal Skull. Huh. See, wouldn't that be cool? That would have been. And he could run short round back, and he could have had the, the whip and the, and, the, and the coat and the hat and then when Harrison Ford retires, everybody would be fine with Short Round becoming Indiana Jones. And it would be the first Asian, not first, well, it would be an Asian hero who's not a karate guy. He would just be an adventurer. He would just be an American guy. And I thought that would have been real cool. That would have broke all kinds of molds. But they didn't do that. I don't know if Shorty's not acting now. I don't know what, but he was in that show, Head of the Class. Remember that Head of the Class show? Yes. He was in there in the last season or something. Is he good? Yeah, Goonies, yeah. All right, I'm writing you guys up. Yeah, man. All right. Really <laughs> well, well, thanks so for uh, Art. Thanks for being on our show and having <laughs> us on your show. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, again, our thanks to Elliot Serrano, uh, Art Balthazar, Michael Campobasso, and Rob Southgate for putting that all together. Uh, it was a ton of fun. These guys have credits 
all over the place. Uh, they're very easy to find everywhere. I can't even start to go into it now. But honestly, if you see anything by Art and Franco, uh, anything from All Yeah Comics, um, Itty Bitty Hellboy, Tiny Titans, uh, all of that work is great. And All Yeah Comics, they own about three of them with Mark Wade. Stop in any of those stores as soon as possible. Um, uh, we, I, you can follow me at Not In My Book on Instagram and Twitter. That is the official Caffeinated Comics social networking feed. You can follow Stephen at The Brave Butter Pecan on Instagram. And you can follow the show both on Facebook.com slash Caffeinated Comics or you can go to RadioMisfits.com slash Caffeinated Comics. That's where we post the show. And you can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify if you're not already subscribed. We will talk to you next week. Joker comes out next week, and that is probably all we'll talk about.